Hello and welcome to Cult Picks Radio, WCPXXX on the pod dial. With me, your host, your compadre, your bosom buddy, Django Nudo. And the smart peddler with the D-cup. Ah, I was hoping you'd go for boob jokes, so... Yes. Nice little taster of things. Today to is come. all about the D's. Yes. But more importantly, we're we're getting lost because it is our fourth season and our second year as Cult Picks. Yes. Yay. Indeed. We already talked about the fact that it was the one year anniversary in the last podcast, but I want to give a special shout out this week to all of our wonderful members and these are the early adopters the vip members the people who joined us right at the uncertain start when we were fresh out of the gate and ready to conquer the world but an unknown um quantity and yes and they signed up bless them they did and, and they came back and they stayed more. Yeah, <laughs> we 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 did the job that a cult is supposed to do, which is hang on to its members. And I have to say, I, I was had a little bit of trepidation, obviously, because uh, we've been in touch with some of them. We've done some surveys and polls, and they've said some nice things about us. But ultimately, it's all about the money. So, were they going to be paying again? Well, it's a you know recurring fee. So, unless they cancel, they'd be paying again. But would they be asking for the money back? That was a big worry. Yeah. But they didn't. I mean, we had a handful. Very, very few. We have... Indeed. And and all of the the others have renewed. And the fact is that they are renewing at the same price as at the time when everything goes up in the world. And also they now have twice the amount of films to watch. Yes. Definitely. And, and and it's true. The original people who joined us uh, when it was invitation only uh, paid 49 bucks for it. And of course, today, if you want to sign up for a full year, it's 59. But we've kept that price and they are not pushed up to the higher price. And with inflation, that's probably a 10% discount at a time when everything yeah. else is is a lot dearer. So you're right. And there is more bang for the buck. And I yeah. mean bang. And they, have, and they are, I mean, <laughs> they should really have this advantage having yeah. been the the early adopters and what was very lovely is i think we had two people maybe uh two members um apostates i think we call them people who lose mm. the faith um who left in a huff not realizing that subscription services work on the principle that money gets drawn from your account regularly whether monthly or annually um two people I think two people who asked to leave said that they just weren't using it that much, but they would consider returning if and when they were able to watch it on their big television when we get the apps up and running. And yeah. we know I, we've been promising this for a while. There is a Roku app coming. I spoke to our developer only this week. We signed up to some new service that will enable it. There was some hiccups along the way. And fingers crossed there could be Android and iOS apps uh, after that but definitely Roku it is coming don't give up hope um, you will be able to watch VHS quality on your 75 inch plasma 
exactly and i mean you you can already if you are savvy you can already watch it on your big tv because there are, are ways of doing it it's just yeah you can of, chromecast it you can yeah put an hdmi cable connection between your um, laptop yeah. and tv but people want people want convenience so we of will course. provide yes. that yeah yeah and um i should well and that's that second thing we should add is we have lots and lots more films coming to the site do we want to give away who we will be getting films from smart peddler yeah definitely i mean we are we we are always in negotiations and and we're always looking for new new friends who are uh, rights holders and um, just last week we 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 signed with and we already actually got got some delivery of films from well, first of all, which was quite surprising, and this was a find from when we were in Lyon at this film festival in October last year, the uh, Hungarian Film Institute. So yes. we have three Hungarian cult classics, mm. and it's with English subtitles. Yeah, and bless them, the East Europeans. You know, in the dark days of communism, they did come up with some seriously weird films. I mean, we're not just talking the kind of Czech animation, which is pretty unwatchable. Sorry, Czechs. Uh, mm. But, you know, the Polish-Russian sci-fi, the, these sort of Hungarian sexy things, it, it'll be yeah. a treat. It's going to be interesting, and, and, and there will be more coming from, from the, the old Eastern Bloc. It is. And meanwhile, I've been busy downloading a second batch of films from our good friends at Echelon. And yes. again, it's a very funny mixed bag. It's a bit of um, old... Um, adventure a bit of sinbad uh lots of nudity and i have to say um the quality of the films not talking how good they are but just the the scanning and the, and the visual quality is outstanding i know Wonderful. that not everything we put up because a lot of it is mastered from glorious vhs but as we say these ones are superb that these ones you can definitely put up on your 75 inch plasma tv yeah. and watch it happily that's awesome and I think there's a like a dozen films yeah in yeah. this batch easily yeah and then we have signed with yet another of the major miners mm -hmm. I, I would say one of the major uh, companies uh, distributing old uh, exploitation and genre movies yes and that's Severin films Severin so we are very happy about that I think it's about 10 films and it's amazing that we now work with uh, Something Weird Video, Synapse Films, Vinegar Syndrome, Agfa, Agfa and Severin. Yeah. I, I mean, those are... Full house. That's a kind a of a big deal. Yes, yes. And we will so be getting very more about from the other ones as well. Obviously, Lisa has promised us more. Um, yeah. We're in discussion with um, Vinegar Syndrome and Synapse, so there should be plenty more coming. And we've also got Definitely. some things from the VHS basement lined up for the summer. So yeah. we're going to be churning them out there. And, and, and last but not least, yes. in just over two weeks, three weeks actually, we will be at the Cannes Film Festival. And there we will be having uh, lots of discussions about trying to get more European films onto Cold Picks because... People have pointed out to us, and it is true, we're pretty well stocked with U.S. and Swedish films. We don't have enough Italian giallo, Spanish spaghetti western, French erotica, German schulmädchen comedies. Mm. But all of that will change this year. Definitely. And also, if we have any listeners out there who are 
film fans or professionals who will come to Cannes, please get in touch with us and we might see you there. Yes. We might give you merchandising. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> or at yeah. least have a drink together. And shall we talk about the uh, um, important uh, season we're doing shortly? Um, we have been in touch with our are now good friends with the um, film archive in Kiev, Ukraine. Yes. Which you know is uh, has been occupied by Russia. The orcs. And the orcs. And we are very happy to say that we're going to do a theme week with Ukrainian classics. Yes. Where all the proceeds will go to the uh, Ukrainian people's struggle. Yes. So it's a worthy cause. It's not just quirky films. Uh, you'll feel good for watching them. Yeah. So we're very happy about that. We will come back with the uh, official announcement when we have received the films. Yes. But we are in very, very serious discussions with them. And we, we uh, it's lovely people. And we're very happy that we will be working with them. Lots and lots of things to look forward to. Do we want to give an early plug for the next cinema screening? Oh, yes, that's true. We are doing Bio Aspen in Aspuden, Stockholm, Sweden. Mm -hmm. uh, Night of the Living Dead on Sunday, the 15th of May. Yes, they're coming for so you. Don't Barbara. miss out on that. <laughs> yes, indeed. So uh, I hope to see some of you there. I will be there introducing you. Yes. So staying in Sweden, I think this is a good segue for our theme week, which it's really been two theme weeks and a bit of an Easter break in between. Mm. But um, it's a double theme week for a doubly well-endowed subject worthy of a Colpix's attention. Um, Indeed. So, how do you pronounce? I don't know. I heard the... Um, we have been listening to the Rialto Report, who are doing an amazing job. They did a podcast, and they said Ushi Digard. Digard? I would have thought Digard. I would do that too. Um, but I guess that a lot of people will pronounce it differently. And uh, considering that also her name has been spelt with T and D at the end. Yes. Uh, there are different pronunciations. And uh, not to talk about her 25 pseudonyms she's been using during her career. Yes, we could run through them all, but that's going to take up most of the program, I think. <laughs> so. Yeah. But um, no, she's a fascinating one because she's one of those exploitation actresses that I was aware of, but marginally. I'd seen her in the Ross Myers films. I'd probably quoted one or two other of her flicks. And but all I knew about her is that she was she had a very wholesome look. She had obviously well endowed physique, and she mm -hmm. was from Sweden. Yeah, That's, and we were so happy as seeing her as a compatriot. We take great pleasure in in all of our great Swedish expo exports exploitation exports yes. from Christina yeah. to um, numerous other ones, Maria Ekorod, Lena Skog, and she fitted right into the canon, mm. or did she or did she well the thing is that i have been googling i have been reading on imdb i have been reading on wikipedia and there are so many facts factoids um that are completely false and they are never rectified i don't know why, why really because the rialto report did a podcast interviewing uh, Ushid Dayard herself mm -hmm. and she's very very much alive and kicking yeah 
and she is setting the record straight there and but and this was back in 2013 but it's still wrong in in most of the uh, world wide web yeah I think maybe Wikipedia doesn't reference the Rialto report or only written sources. But yeah, so true mm. or false, she was born in Sweden. No, she was born in Switzerland. That's ridiculous, frankly, because I know they get confused easily. But Sweden and Switzerland, that's, yeah, if she was it's, from Denmark. It's not, put, it's not potato, potato. No. Really? Um, so she's not of Swedish-French heritage? No, she's of Swiss-French heritage. Uh-huh. And did she go to a boarding school with nuns in Sweden? I think that's the most ridiculous notion of them all, because it says somewhere that, well, she went to a boarding school with nuns in Sweden because that's the best schools in Sweden. Yeah. But look, guys and gals, we don't have that many Catholics in Sweden, really, and not that many nuns or monks either. So that's I, just stupid. We, we barely have enough nuns to round up for a, a single non-sploitation film, <laughs> which is a topic we do Hardly. come back to. Yes, with but Arlo. the truth is, of course, that she went to a school run by nuns in Switzerland. In Switzerland. A common yes. school, makes sense. And she was an avid reader of Swedish... No, but she was an avid reader of books in Switzerland. Mm. I'm detecting a theme here. So she was outdoorsy, but did she like skiing in Sweden? She really likes the outdoors, and and she was really a health healthy, as you say. She mm. looks very healthy, um, young woman skiing in Switzerland. Yeah, we don't even know her true date of birth, do we? No, there's one date quoted everywhere on the internet and uh, she definitely says in the in the uh, Rialto report pod that uh, it's completely wrong very very much wrong she says but she will not reveal the actual date. in which direction i'm reminded of the kitty kelly biography of nancy reagan which starts off with there are only two true things on nancy reagan's birth certificate and that was her gender and her color so <laughs> okay Everything you else go. you forged after that. Yeah. So then there are three things that are actually correct in the most of the sources on the internet. And in that, that is the fact that she does speak a lot of different languages. She studied a lot of languages. She speaks Swiss? Uh, the other thing... I'm sorry? She speaks Swiss? Uh, yes, Schweizerdeutsch, Schweizer. I think it's... I believe is the <laughs> name of the language. Yeah. But yeah, Italian, English, French, German, uh, mm. and so forth. Um and uh, also, um, she has been living in a lot of different countries. Um, for a long time, she lived in the Canary Islands, for instance, and she has been living on the on Jersey and the Channel Islands in the UK. And then, of course, what's interesting, and that's also something that comes up all the time, and she talks about it a lot in the in- interview, that, yes, she developed early at mm. 11 years old. So very, she was quite early. quite aware of her body. What fascinates me about this is there must have been a lot of misdirection coming from her because it's very specific. It's not that just that she was supposedly born in Sweden. It's it's very geolocated in terms of she's from Saltre du Vnes. That's not something yeah. you pull out of the air or easily confused with no, Canton, I don't get it. you know, Swiss village. I don't get it at all where, where that came from. It's so, so strange. But then they also talk about in the interview that she has written a, an auto, a biography to, to set the record straight called I Used to Be Ushi. Mm. 
Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm still yet to, to find that. I haven't seen that. Mm. So I don't know if it was ever released. Was it, speaking of people who have written books, was it purely a marketing thing? Because obviously saying that you're a Swiss sex pot, say that quickly, mm. uh, <laughs> maybe doesn't have as much of an international renome as, as being a, a Swedish sex pot. Could be could be yeah and i'm also right now i'm I'm reading through all the, her pseudonyms that, and they also point in that direction she was called yuji svensson for instance yeah Astrid which is Lili very Moore. yes Lili Moore. and then of course ushi dansk which means danish so i mean denmark also worked yeah in that Joanne you know, Ulrich. that sounds yeah danish sounds german to me. yeah um, but it's it's you know um but but according to the interview she has been very uh, upset herself about it, all the mm. misconceptions of her life but also being a very private person uh, i i can't really see how that mystery would be bad for her because no. people are not able to you know round her up and and, and figure her out and i that, that, i think that's that's pretty cool do we want to listen to a bit of realto reports Yes, just a little bit to hear her voice. It's the 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 the, the sound quality is bad because it's done over the phone. But here's Ushi's voice. There's been much conjecture about where you've come from. I've seen references to Sweden, Switzerland, Holland, and my favorite is Bismarck, North Dakota. So where were you actually born? Actually born in Switzerland, but lived in all those countries. Ah, apart from Bismarck, North Dakota. <laughs> So she's supposedly born in 1948, but she she doesn't want to acknowledge that. But if you check out her filmography, and I mean, she started out with centerfolds. I, I think she did a lot of photo jobs, but she started making movies in 1970. So I guess that would make her 22 when she started. Yeah, probably. Like uh, said. And that sounds about right. Yeah. So fast forward to the, her career, and there's still uncertainty and and fake news out there so she didn't burst into um onto the big screen in sweden and didn't do any several softcore erotic films there nothing no no but she did go to the u.s in 1967 so if the uh date is right she would have been about 19 but maybe she was older 20 Mm, and quickly began appearing in sexploitation films such as ushi's hollywood adventure A.K.'s yeah. Rikers Motel, 1970s. That's the real starting point of her film career. Indeed. And another misconception is that she was uh, discovered by, by Russ Meyer. Obviously she wasn't, because she started working with him many years later. And But she did appear in Cherry, Harry and Raquel in 1970, doing an interpretive dance sequence, symbolizing the death of the antagonist. Right, so that was a small part, yes. Only a small part. Um, and of course, the other Ross Meyer film she did. No, it wasn't. Sorry, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, which mm. was yeah, yeah. and um, Super Vixens, which is where I think I saw. And, and she did a few other Meyer's films right up until his last one. Yeah, and I think she was also in the Seven Minutes, which was his second uh, film for a studio. He, he did two films for Fox. That's one right. being Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, one being the Seven Minutes. Which we in our archive have a 16 millimeter mm. print of. Very proud of that. It's a very rare movie. It is. And before anybody else writes to us and asks about it, yes, we would love to have Russ Meyer on Cold Picks. We have tried, we have been in touch mm. with the rights holder. Everybody is having issues yeah. on getting rights released for Russ Meyer's. There are some old, badly scanned DVD 
copies. There's not much else out there. Hopefully, hopefully one day we shall yes, bring we, it. But we're still working on it, but it's, it's, it's not for lack tough. of trying. No, no, definitely not. And then talking about Ushi's career, it it according to Internet Movie Database, she did 161 films, but <laughs> obviously there are lots more, as she also appeared in a lot of loops, yeah, uh, shorts, shorts, and also, which we will come to later, she f- segments from her films were cut into other feature films. Mm. So she's in more films than she actually shot for, but yes. she was prolific. I mean, just looking at the... IMDb data that you pulled down. She mm. did 26 films in 1970. The following year, she barely slowed down with 25 films. I mean, that's one film every two weeks. Yeah. Incredible. And then they dropped down. So, you know, she started slacking off with 16 films in 1972. You know, we're getting down to Robert De Niro levels here. Yeah. Um, and then single digit by 74. And I think we ended up with just one film in 1979. But this is all just in the 70s. It's staggering. Yeah. I mean, William Bodine wasn't this prolific. And, and he no. was behind the camera. Yes, it's incredible. I mean, so and also she's, she, she did movies up to, or, or shorts at least, up to 1986, which should make her around 38 years when she, she quit the business. Mm. But it was an impressive body of work that she left behind at that stage. So yeah, and, and she also has something in common with Ushi Degard. I'm sorry, <laughs> with with Kitten Natividad. Yes, is that she, apart from being in in nudies, she was also featured in mainstream films. She did. She crossed over and appeared in having small walk-on parts, typically as busty girl number one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, against Peter Sellers in I Love You, Alice B. Toklas. Yeah, um, and Sam Peckinpah film. I didn't know this. Killer Elite. Yeah, makes me that's pretty cool. Um, but we've got one clip of hers to play, which is from John Landis, old favorite Kentucky Fried Movie from 1977. Uh, you're not going to hear her speak. It's a visual one, but it's still worth hearing. Catholic high school girls in trouble. <laughs> Never before has the beauty of the sexual act been so crassly exploited. The bizarre story of what happens when high school girls... You must see Catholic High School Girls in Trouble. Well, she didn't have to research that part because, of course, she was a Catholic school girl in a convent. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that was like a fake trailer for for like a, this whole spoof film, which is a Kentucky Fried Movie. Which is so lovingly made by somebody who truly knows his B-films and exploitation yeah. films. And um, even more so than, um, you know, the grindhouse foursome. But yeah. Moving on, so what are the actual films that we do have of Ushi's? Yeah, so we have so many films, and I would say that probably the the vast majority come come from something weird video. So once again, thank you very much, Lisa Petrucci. Thank you, Lisa. And um, some of them we've had on Calpix for quite a while, and you know we have already talked about Lee Frost and his career, and yep. so uh, and Ushi is, uh, has a small part in um, Lee Frost's uh, The Scavengers, which is like a sexy western. Yep. 
And uh, I think we will probably run through the films quite quickly because there are so many to talk about. But one of her very earliest films was Getting Into Heaven in 1970. Yes. And um, this is kind of a sex comedy. And um, obviously a a soft film. It's not that much uh, going on in in terms of dirtiness. Yeah. But... um, yeah, so she's billed here as Marie Marceau. So that's one of her names. Then that sounds mm. very French. Sounds more Swiss, uh, that one. Yeah. And um, what to say about this? Let's. Um, I ha- I think we, we have a little clip here that where we actually hear her voice. And here she has just run over the foot of a uh, police officer. And she will have to deal with that in her own way. <laughs> Are you right? Would you do me a favor? Of course I would. Get off my foot. All right, let's see your driver's license. I don't have it with me. It's at my apartment. What's it doing there? You wouldn't want me to lose it, would you? Then you'd have to give me a ticket. I'm going to have to give you a ticket anyhow. I've got a better idea. You come over to my place this evening, and I show you my uh, license. Um, that's not how we, you know. Then it's settled. That's my address. See you at eight o'clock then. One of the things that stood out to me about her in the line notes, which I, I quite agree with, is that they they said that even even in her explosive prime. Ushi radiated a wholesome, fresh air and, and sunshine sexuality, no matter how sleaze-filled the movie. And I think that's true. She has this very wholesome, toothy grin. I think maybe that's partly why they suspected her being Swedish or she could get away with it. Obviously, the Swiss are clean and wholesome, too, just mm. less known about it. But it's true. And, and she didn't, unlike, for example, Kitten, who had more of a kind of a twinkle in her eye, bit of a come here look not sleazy but definitely more vava voom whereas Ushi just looks well scrubbed the whole time even when she has her massive memories out on full display yeah but always kind of innocent and and healthy yeah and that innocence was sorely tested in the next film oddly coupled also from yeah. 1970 yeah we have a bunch of films from that very busy year and i love the whole storyline here and we have to quote uh, something weird <laughs> line and old uh, Ho-Ho, a shy photo nerd is kidnapped by a carload of pretty girls as a potential boyfriend for their obese nymphomaniac friend Gertie but Ho-Ho prefers fish <laughs> instead of women whatever they do to convince him otherwise yeah. so here's a guy into fish and uh, and he is subjected to a lot of women trying to seduce mm. him but he's Including the the obese nymphomaniac friend Gertie in the swimming pool. Maybe this is a bit of a spoiler. Um, And the original title of it, instead of Oddly Coupled, which is frankly a rubbish title, was Better Better in the World. In the Wall, Who's the Fattest Fish of All? There you go. What's not to like about that? It was probably too long for the poster, at least for the marquee on the drive-in. So, But Ushi Degard... Very wholesome, very sexy in it. Definitely. And going on to another film from the same year, 1970, Private Arrangement. 
where a bunch of girls go to um, the Playpen Cruise, mm. which um, is a sort of a 70s style weekend where people have an orgiastic yacht party going mm. around the clock. Yes. Uh, but one girl turns up dead and suddenly you have a whodunit. Yep. Or is it really a whodunit? Because you immediately see this weird idiot hunchback. Yeah, it's not a, much of a... a peeping Tom. Not much of an Agatha Christie twist or suspense to it, really. No, no, not really. And, um, well, um, you have to see it to believe it. Mm. But it's a small and sleazy picture. Definitely sleazy. Same year, sticking with 1970, the busy, busy year for Miss Ushi. Sandra, the making of a woman, uh, where we she is joined by the delightful Rene Bond. Yes, indeed. Um, and uh, some other lesser-known sexploitation films, stars like uh, Monica Gale. Uh, didn't do much, but she could be remembered for things like The Stewardesses uh, yeah. and Edward's Take It Out and Trade. So... Lovely and That's petite important. and, you know, nice addition to ob- the obvious charms of Ushi. Yeah, and Ushi has a small part here where the um, the lead uh, the lead name, Sandy, rents a small apartment from Ushi uh, who tries to seduce her, but nothing comes out of that. So I think mm. she's, uh, you know, not like a walk-by, but almost. She did a lot of, like, Small, small bit parts. Yeah, and, and hence why we don't have too many lengthy uh, dialogue clips or possibilities yeah, of, of um, sharing her in her own voice. So yeah. we just have to take our word for it. And She's according good. to Something Weird Video, um, what this film has going for it, it's a lot of wild, inventive camera work. And I think that's sort of a part of the, 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 the joy of exploitation movies is that when you have a lack of budget, you have to figure out other fun ways to use the medium. And, and I really like that, how, how inventive uh, exploitation filmmakers had to be. Well, just look at our most popular film of 2022, Zero In and Scream, the unlikely oh, yeah. number one. As yeah, we established very much so. yeah. in the last episode. And that was definitely out there in terms of trippy camera work. And speaking of inventive, the next film from 1971, Co-Ed Dorm, mm. is a nudie musical. <laughs> I know, this is probably my, my favorite, just in terms of uh, genre mashup. Yeah. Um, and so, very quickly, it's set at Farouk University, or Farouk U., our, for our, short, our, yes. Our, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So there's a uh, beta sorority and a frat house. And obviously, after that, you can kind of guess where the action goes. Yes. And so many silly names. The, the university was founded by Alibaba Schwartz mm-hmm. and is presided over by Dr. Maurice de Saad. They had to think long and hard about those, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. But Ushi is here in a, uh, in a production number as Miss Melons, mm. and um, she is uh, <laughs> accompanying the Farouk You All-Girl Topless Tabernacle Choir. Yes. Now, there are so many good songs. It's not a full-blown musical. It's more like a kind of Bollywood six songs kind of film. Mm-hmm. But we have to play at least a couple of them. So why don't we play one now and maybe one as an outro? <laughs> 
On a more serious note, the world-famous Farouk Yu Topless Tabernacle Choir, singing that wonderful traditional old hymn, Going Down for Him. drive in mix of skin songs and stupid jokes and it does come with a warning nothing to do with the nudity but the fact that this is from a print that's been to hell and back do yes. not put this on your 75 inch plasma boys and girls please this looks like shit but it the but songs it's the are only surviving material yeah hey we'll take it if that's all we have of Ushi. Yep. Definitely, it's 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 not 4K UHD for sure. A much better quality print, that's significantly better, is a touch of Sweden, which has been on cult picks already for a while from 1971. Yeah. But this really sort of acknowledges the myth of her being Swedish. Yeah, yeah, da. And also the poster is is also in in the poster book I wrote. Um, Do you believe in Swedish sin? Because it, all the names of the actors are sort of fakeish, oh yeah, and they put put all the uh, diacritical little dots above every A and mm. O in the whole poster. Oh, it's it's pure Monty Python, uh, yes, spelling yes. in terms yeah. of it. And there's lovely opening shot of sort of sweeping vistas of of Stockholm, um, but mostly it's sort of Ushi recounting adventures in sort of low budget exploitation style. Yeah, yeah, it's su- super silly. But here we at least have Ushi's voiceover. So let's listen to her voice again. One movie's like another. I made so many. Tell me, what happened after your first test? Well, I started to make one film after another, and I became famous. But I felt guilty. I thought I had to do something for humanity. And so in my free time, and I had very little, you know, I started to enlist as a nurse's aide in a local hospital. Goodness. Mm. was interesting. I think Jamie Lee Curtis did a better fakey Swedishy voice in, in trading places than yes, Ushi, right. bless her. <laughs> Inga. I'm Inga from Sweden. <laughs> that's right. Oh, yes, Inga and Ulla. Inga. They are in a lot of Hollywood movies. Yes, the producers was Ulla. Yeah, yeah. So moving on, and um, now we're into the week two of Ushi. Um, it's interesting, as we talked about, that she um, she had been in so many films that they actually used clips from another film here in this one, and this one is called Skin Flick Madness. Mm. And it's just a really bad excuse to show a lot of sex scenes because a guy and a gal go to a uh, porn movie theater. Yes. And she really doesn't want to watch. No. She really, really doesn't want to watch the film. Um, and and as it goes along, she gets more and more, uh, you know... Involved. Hot and bothered. And, and finally, she and her boyfriend have sex in the 
actual theater. Yes. And here Ushi has no part at all because she's in a clip from another movie. Yeah. You know, one of her very early movies here. This is how you get to be in 161 films in a little yes. over a decade. Indeed. So, um, yeah, you have to check it out. Yeah. Um, and moving quickly on, we have Hawaiian Split, um, which is originally known as The Goddaughter and blatantly trying to ride the coattail of, of Coppola's Godfather um, while having very little similarity in, in terms of plot or look or budget or talent or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. But it's effectively about a drug-running business um, in Hawaii and um, very violent. I mean, not disapproving, but it is mm. notable for that. So beware of it. It's not just all boobs, it's bashes as well. Yeah, and Renee Bond again. Yes. She's in a lot of these movies. Hardworking Renee. Yeah, and uh, I think also Ushi in a small part here as the masseuse Lotta Cruz. Mm-hmm. And she shows uh, Renee Bond how to be tender. That's her part in the yes. movie. And Renee also flashing her delights, supposedly paid for by legendary movie mogul Harry Novak. Oh, there you go. Mm. Learned yeah. something new. But whereas Usha was, of course, 100% natural, as far as we can tell. Yeah, and, and uh, let's spoil this. E- basically, everyone dies at yeah. the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, it's still worth watching, yeah, especially if you're into Renee Bond and Usha. Yeah. And then we have another one that was has been on for on Cult Picks for a while, The Big Snatch from 1971. Yes, because the previous film wasn't um, ugly and violent enough. This <laughs> so one is here we go. This is ultra sexy Ruffy uh, from that glorious age that really gave us uh, the most in politically incorrect films uh, as a true art form. Yeah. So this. Girls being kidnapped and being abused a lot. Mm. But, of course, eventually they get their revenge. So, yes, you know, as it should be. Power. Uh, Mabe, the Byron Mabe, who was very good at this kind of thing, working with David Friedman. Yeah. And, and then we have another film called The Goddaughter. So there was a lot of uh, things going on yes. uh, around The Godfather. Yes, sorry, it was The Godchildren. Godchildren sure. was the first God one. Children yeah, so this is The Goddaughter. Yeah. Yep. And we have Consigliori and the Carione family and all those uh, sort of fake uh, um, Italian names. Yeah. And this one is up there with um, ten, 10 maidens, 10 little maidens, in terms mm. of having very, um, I don't want to say sexy, but sex-related, uh, death by sex. Oh, yes, 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 that. you're right. Yes, yeah, we have a couple of movies like that where, where that, that is the means of, of killing people. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they must have got bored of just straightforward sex scenes. It's like sex and death. How to yeah, combine and, and, and here Ushi, just like uh, Chester Morgan does in, in, in those uh, fantastic films she was in, she uses her breasts as deadly weapons. Yeah, she smothers people, which, let's face it, there are worse ways of going. Definitely. But on the other hand, she also had a, has an exploding boob. And that's, that's worse. That's, that's much worse. I, I do hate when that happens. Yeah. And we have one, uh, one girl called Babe Piranha. Mm. Love, love that name. And she has a mouthful of vampire-like t- teeth. And you can just imagine, boys, mm. what she does with those teeth. Yeah. 
then there's Kathy Hilton, who fires bullets from her private parts. Uh, you know, again. Which is, how, you know, how, I call it Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's 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 a weird oddball fun different kind of film and you know who doesn't want to see Ushi Diggard smothering somebody to death with her um sweater puppies of course of course it's it's but i mean this is crazy and, and sometimes i i wonder how how the brainstorming looked when they were like writing the screenplay for for these films i think they were on drugs Probably. That's the best, yeah. simplest. I think they were high on life, actually. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Come on, honey. You can smother me to death with those tips. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, come on. Finally, we have two films that have already been on on cult picks. I think one of them we already talked about in the um, black exploitation uh, season because mm. it's the Black Alley Cats, which yes. is about a wh- white white and and uh, white and black female vigilante group with really cool leather jackets. Yeah, indeed. And uh, funnily enough, the director's name is. Henning Schellerup, which sounds very Danish. And it's actually real. He's real Dane. It's not made up. Ah, um, and he, um, I did read up on it at the time. And of course, everything has gone out of my mind. Mm. And of course, That's I haven't cool. reread it. But yes, he did do some interesting exploitation films. And yeah, yeah crosses. A and, l- yeah. And then there's one that we we had up on Cult Picks uh, for, for, for some time. And we haven't really talked about it. And no. this brings us back to Sweden, it which does. is very nice. It was not shot in Sweden, but it was co-produced by the Swedish company Saga Film and, and Studio Sjöstedt, yes. who was the producer of the notorious um, Joe Sarn, Leighton, Joe Sarno films, Kärleksön and Febojantan. Yes. And this has a very specific, or I would say two very specific claims to fame. And it, that's the Kaufman brothers Indeed. from Troma. Yes, Charles and Lloyd. Yes. You spoiled so my Charles... joke. I was going to say, say, what are they known for? My dinner <laughs> with Andre. Oh, that's, yes, that's right. That's yes. the one he keeps very quiet about. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this one is called The Secret Dreams of Mona Q. It's from 1977. And it's, a, well, it's, it's, it's a run-of-the-mill sort of hardcore porn film. Um Funny thing, though, is that we released it on VHS many, many years ago in in that era. Mm. And I was at the, um, I think I was at the TV um, convention in Cannes. The, the, oh, yeah, the MIP. The market. Yeah, the MIP thing. And, uh, well, uh, Lloyd Kaufman had a booth there. Uh-huh. And there was this elderly lady also sitting in the booth who was obviously an old friend and colleague of his. And I happened to um, be bringing the VHS cover of the film. So I showed it to him and uh, I said, this is interesting. I, I brought this and we released this in Sweden. And he said, no, 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 mm. I never did that. <laughs> I was never involved in this kind of films. Mm. What are you taking me for? My God. 
And then he, he turned over to the lady and said, you, you agree, right? I never, ever did anything like that. And she was just laughing out loud and said, yeah, yeah, whatever, Lloyd. <laughs> I love the fact that he clearly has a spectrum of acceptable films, the, the, the trauma and the related ones, but anything too um, hardcore like this one is like, mm. never did that. And nope. anything like Art House C or of any redeeming quality like my dinner with Andre it's like yeah let's not talk about that too much it's <laughs> they're the so it's just it's just a toxic avenger it's it's rabid grannies and it, stuff like that. on message it's brand it's you don't want to confuse the punters by having the Kaufman name associated with these two extremes it is squarely right. trauma in the middle but he does also have one of the biggest apparently private collections of 35 and 16 i don't think not just trauma but that's interesting yeah Yeah. and then going back to what we talked about in the beginning about the Cannes film festival coming up the the big thing back in the day as i remember was the trauma parade oh the trauma parade yeah that went through the village and they always got big headlines and big photos in all of the daily uh, magazines and uh it was just fun and then they said i think this must be my God, 25 years ago, mm. when uh, they always said, oh, visit us at, at our suite at the, um, at the Carlton, Carlton Hotel. And uh, so I went there one year. Oh, yeah? And that, that suite was a, you know, a 15-square-meter room uh-huh. where they had like 20 U.S. students who were volunteers sleeping on the floor. Of course. So it was mayhem going into mm. that, but it was nothing like a suite at all. No. But they sell it as such. Yeah. Next thing you'll yeah. tell me that the Toxic Avenger poster is better than the actual film. I would never, ever say that. But the T-shirt <laughs> is better than the film. Okay, definitely T-shirt. Yeah, yeah no, that's, they, were, they were definitely an integral part of Cannes. You know, Starlet's you know, dropping their tops on the beach and the trauma parade. Yes, indeed. You could set your clock by And the Leopard Sisters, of course. And the, the Leopard Sisters. How could I forget? Dressed in leopard clothes and walking up and down the crossette. The were they the festival. mother and daughter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gone now, both of them, I think. But that—that that was also part of the, uh, yeah, the can experience. Uh, it's going to be fun to be back there this year. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been a long while now, and I mean, that sort of concludes our our Ushidigard, um season, which has been big and spectacular. But as you know, if we have shown what whatever twenty films, there are. 140 oh, more out there. <laughs> we could easily have three or four more Ushi seasons with the same amount in terms of her prolific output. Yeah, so, definitely. As always, and there are some sort of mainstream ones that we're missing and that we hope to negotiate for. For instance, um, she was in two of the Ilsa films. Yes, that's true. And that would be fun to, to, to you know show those, I think. I'd even love to have Kentucky Fried Movie. I mean, it, mm. in, and in some ways, you know, that was an early introduction for people who didn't know cult into the world of cult, even though it's yeah. pseudo cult or Amazon Women on the Moon, the current sequel exactly. to it. Exactly. Yes. Um, Absolutely. So, but hey, you know, the year has only just started for us, the second year that is. And yeah. there's going to be a lot of things we have planned, a lot of things we don't even know about that'll probably appear. Uh, happy accidents. So stay with us on this journey. Yeah. And also, of course, as we do every theme week now, there is a Spotify playlist 
and this time I would call it it's we really should call the the list thank you for the memories thank you for the memories indeed so check it out in the line notes on the podcast wherever it is that you get it from but for now that's enough of an ushi overdose for me your host Django Nudo and the smart peddler for our finale tonight Dr. Maurice Desaad and his dance company in an unforgettable rendering of Battle Hymn of the Republic Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He hath loosed the faithful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah, yes sir, glory. Glory, glory, hallelujah, yes sir. Glory, glory, hallelujah, his truth is marching on. I have seen him in the watchfires of a hundred circling camps. They have built at him an altar in the evening do's and dance. I can read his righteous sentence by the dim and flaring lamps. His day goes marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah, yes, sir. Glory, glory, hallelujah, yes, sir. Glory, glory, hallelujah, yes, sir. His truth is marching on. Glory, glory, yes, sir, glory. 